Welcome to the Alpha Ministries podcast. Alpha Ministries is a recovery church whose mission is to teach individuals and institutions to recognize and apply the gospel of grace, building stronger families and communities. Today's podcast is sponsored by TJB, Web Media, a New Jersey SEO marketing and WordPress web design company for businesses, churches, and nonprofits. It's the number one ranked company in Google for New Jersey SEO companies for internet marketing. If you have a website and you want it enhanced or want some consultation or want to know how to get more traffic from your website, TJB Web Media is the company for you. If you don't have a website and you want to build one, contact TJB Web Media. All their information is in the show notes. Today's podcast is part of a feature we've begun called Throwback Thursday. This Throwback Thursday is from a message that I recorded for WPSL Radio when we were Whitestone Fellowship, which was Alpha Ministries sister church, satellite church, and it was from the year 2009. You'll hear a little squeaky voice in the beginning. That's my daughter, Grace. I used to let her introduce the radio program. But for a while, we had a little stint on um, hometown radio, hometown Sunday on WPSL radio. And this message was on part of what we called the principles of Bible study. So I hope you enjoy our little throwback. Stand by for the White Stone Radio Program. White Stone, White Stone, White Stone. Greetings, saints, sinners, believers, unbelievers, whosoever will. Welcome to the White Stone Fellowship Radio Program. My name is William Charles Lloyd, and we have been studying. Last week we started a new study on the principles of Bible study. And basically, we're learning how to read the Bible without being confused or condemned. And the first principle that we looked at that we, we need to finish up today is the fact that God is the initiator. That God is the initiator. And when we reverse that and make man the initiator and God the responder, we get very toxic in our faith. Meaning, if we could manipulate God through our prayers and fasting, etc., then that kind of puts us in control. Now, does that mean we should not pray or fast? No. But there's a deeper meaning and a, and a true meaning to fasting and praying than manipulating and getting God to do what he wants us to do. We never have to twist God's arm. He has initiated a relationship with us from cover to cover in the Bible. Last week we looked at some examples from the Old Testament. We looked at creation. We looked at God initiating forgiveness with Isaiah and with David. And we talked about the fact that forgiveness was God's idea. And we talked about the fact that when Christ took away our sins on the cross, he forgave us all of our sins, past, present, and future. And that God has taken the initiative and has initiated forgiveness. And we are forgiven on Christ's behalf. And it's through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ that God has initiated forgiveness 
and a relationship with the entire world. And we looked at the fact that God was reconciling himself to the world in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. The other thing that we need to look at, and we really need to, to wrap our arms around this, I want you to think about God's salvation plan. Nobody was praying for God to send his son. Nobody was praying for God to take away the sins of the world. People were praying for a Messiah, but they were praying that the Messiah would come kick butt and take names and, and, and liberate Israel from the foreign from the foreigners. See, what, we're, what I'm driving at is the fact that we often think that we have to initiate and we have to make a lot of noise and, and create a lot of activity and kick up a lot of dust to get God to respond to us. But if you think about the greatest work that he has done in the Lord Jesus Christ and through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son, when we think about what God has accomplished, the salvation of the world, that whosoever believes has eternal life, that God secured the taking away of sins, that God secured eternal life, that God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die and take away sins. That was, that was God's idea. That God initiated that. God brought that forth without anyone praying or fasting or making it happen. God brought forth and initiated a relationship with me, with you, with the entire world through Jesus Christ. God initiates a relationship with us through the death, burial, and resurrection of his son. He came, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 2, God tells us that we were dead in our sins and transgressions, and that God made us alive with Christ. Now, how can a dead man initiate anything? See, we were spiritually dead. We were spiritually darkened. We were spiritually empty. There was nothing in us, in and of ourselves, that could ever know God or approach God or seek God. There was nothing in us that would seek after God or seek to know God. Nothing. So if we were dead in our sins and trespasses, God made us alive with Christ. And we see the same thing in Colossians. Ephesians chapter 2 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the rule of the kingdom of the air, the spirit as at work with those that are now disobedient. And he says, But because of God, his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we, even when we were dead in our sins. So you see, God initiated that. He, init he made you alive, believer. He made you alive in Christ. God initiated that. It's, and his motivation in Ephesians, it says love because of his great love for us. We see the same thing in Colossians 2.13. Where God says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, 
triumphing over them by the cross. God took our sins away. He's nailed them to the cross. And I have a question for some preachers, not all, but I have seen some preachers take people's sins down off of the cross and beat them up with their sins every Sunday. Every Sunday they're harping about some sin and calling people to repentance. When the true meaning of repentance is change your mind. We need to change our mind about who or what's going to save us. We can't save ourselves. Calling people to perform and kick up a bunch of religious activity is not calling people to repentance. You're really calling them to try to save themselves from the power of sin. See, salvation just isn't from the penalty of sin that we get to go to heaven when we die. Salvation is from the power and presence of, our sin, of, of sin in our lives right now. That's what we need salvation from. Our eternal destiny is secure. God gives us eternal life, not probationary life. The believer doesn't have to worry one bit about their eternal destiny. They're in Christ. They're seated with Christ in heavenly places already. Heaven is their home. What they need to worry about <laughs> is this flesh and this struggle that we'll have day in and day out and this conflict that we'll have with our flesh. That's what we need salvation from. And people often confuse their flesh with what's going to heaven. Like they have to change their flesh to get to heaven. No, God made you alive in Christ. He made you a brand new person spiritually. God initiated it. It's all his idea. And when we reverse that, we are in big trouble. Which brings us to our next principle of Bible study, and that is that the Bible is a book of revelation. It's not a rule book. It's not a rule book to help us clean ourselves up and save ourselves through the law. Romans 3.20 says the law makes us conscious of sin, meaning the law shows us our need for a Savior. Once we have a Savior, okay, the Savior begins working in and through us from the inside out, and He teaches us by revelation. He changes us by revelation from glory to glory. So it's not a rule book. It's a book of Revelation, and the Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus was banging heads with the religious leaders of his day, which always makes me laugh because the religious system of Jesus' day found fault with Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God, did not measure up to the religious system of his day. So how can any one of us measure up to any man-made religious system of the day? See, wherever Jesus went, the religious people always found fault with him because that's all the law and man-made tradition and religion can do. It's designed to find fault. It picks and picks and picks. And some of you folks out there, you go to church every week and you pick and you get picked at and picked at and picked at and then you wind up and turn around because you think God's picking at you so much that you pick at your husband, you pick at your wife, you pick at your kids and we start bickering and biting and devouring one another because we're living under the law and if you're living under the law you're living in the flesh so the truth of the gospel is is that the law drives us to Christ and God begins changes us from the inside out so the religious leaders of Jesus day were hammering him and the crowds came to Jesus 
And here's what Jesus said to the religious people of his day. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation of the person of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But as we look later, we're going to see that it's also a revelation of Christ in you. Jesus said in John 6.29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he sent. He said in John 5.46, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. And of course, in John 1.14, the word became flesh. The word was God. The word became flesh. The living word is a revelation of Jesus Christ. And in the Revelation 11.13, it talks about Jesus Christ. It says he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. So from cover to cover, what we have is a picture of Jesus Christ. Think about it as a puzzle. If say you have a puzzle and it's a it's a it's a scene, it's a it's a beach scene. And you have sand, you have the sun, the waves, and someone picks up a little puzzle with looks like the sand. And they say, oh, I know what this is. This is a picture of the desert. And someone picks up another little piece of the puzzle and says, Oh no, 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 no. It's 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 an ocean scene. Someone picks up the sun and says, no, no, it's a beautiful scene of the sky. And they begin arguing about it. So the sky group, the first church of the sky, go off into their corner. And they concentrate and hold on to that piece of the puzzle with all their might. And the sand people, they go off in their little thing and says, no, it's a desert. And they hold on to that piece of the puzzle. And then the water people... They say, no, 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 it's the water, and they hold on to their piece of the puzzle. But once you put all the pieces of the puzzle together, you see that you got a beach scene. Well, it's the same thing. Everyone can take a little piece of the Bible and build doctrine around it or take some of the law of God and say, this is what you have to do to be a good Christian. And they all go off in their separate corners, and they miss the revelation of Jesus Christ. They totally miss it, because when you put all the pieces of the puzzle of the Bible together, from cover to cover, when you put everything together, every book, every verse, every chapter, every bit of the Bible together, you come up with this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Saved from the penalty of sin, saved from the power and presence of sin in your life. Sin that brings death self-centered self-effort that brings death you'll be saved from it believing on the lord jesus christ on a daily basis and eventually we'll be saved from the presence of sin altogether when god brings us to the new kingdom where there will be no flesh there will be no sin but there'll be light and love and glory and righteous believers made brand new with brand new bodies so it's a revelation of Jesus Christ, his person, his death, burial, and resurrection. But we're going to look at a little bit today, and we're going to get into next week, that it's also a revelation of Christ in you. In the book of Colossians, the end of chapter 1, you can study it, and then next week we'll come back. Paul says that he labors. He labors with all he has. 
and he talks about the word of God in its fullness is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the word of God is going to be a revelation of Christ Jesus living in you. And that's all the time that we have for today. Remember, his grace is sufficient, his power is made perfect in weakness, and nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. If you want to know more about our fellowship, call us at 772-201-5423. And I want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Carrie Ann. It's her birthday. You get better with age, darling, just like fine wine. some very special friends right there. Thank you again for listening. If you want more access to Alpha Ministries teaching, you can like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and visit our website. All times and dates for services and other events are on our website listed in the show notes. 